0: You know, I was like take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 96 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. We're about to hop right on into it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, in particular, The Wedding of Bobby Lashley and Lana. The comedy layout that I got here. Look, we're about to hop into every bit of it. The Elite. They have to be Elite. Uh, Tony Hashi versus Chris Jericho. Eight. Hey, what a future AEW title. shop you're on the line, we got some, some things to hop into. But first, you can find me at linktr.ee slash sweetpod That's where all my listings are for this podcast. Also on Twitter, too Sweet Pod, the number, two Sweet, P-O-D, and at O-M-G, Corey B. So first up, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to hop right on into this crazy wedding of Bobby Lashley and Lana, the wedding that never was, that never ended, and man, just like, I just took it through my state of mind while this stuff was going on, before it happened. Like, I posted a gif that said, like, this, this is just the worst day of my life. So we're going to sit through this way and this is the main event segment. So. The first thing we see is the minister. The dude looks like Bill Belichick. So we're we just going to call him Bill Belichick for short. Minister Bill Belichick comes out. He, he's uh, announcing the proceedings. And then, you know, I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, this is going to be boring if it's Rusev to come out and break up the wedding. Because, you know, in, in every wrestling wedding, you got to have somebody to come out and break it up. And I'm like, eh, it's going to be boring if it's just Rusev. And boy, did I not know what I was getting myself into. So... He introduces Lashley, and Lashley comes out, the groom comes out to his theme music. How about that? Lashley's coming out to his theme music. And the first thing I see, like, there are no guests. At the wedding, like, I mean, come on, oh, I man, there was just a bunch of chairs. Why did he even have a chairs for it? was just a bunch of chairs there with no guests. So, I look up, Lashley comes out, and I'm like, bro, does he have on, drawing on eyebrows? What is going on with Lashley here? So, we come, and we get into the ring. It's Lana and Lashley in the ring. We take a commercial break in the middle of the wedding, and I'm just sitting there like... When was the last time? Okay, yeah, I, I remember the last wedding I went to. Boy, it was so the the, the drama was so high that we had to take a commercial break in the middle of the wedding. Come on, man. At least stick with the wedding the whole time through. But moving on to the actual proceedings. We had a lot of stuff happen here. Everything from Lana not wanting kids to. Lana spilling. The, we had Rusev Day chance. Then Lana broke out into spilling her name because Lana wanted a fifth grade spelling being elementary school. So, I mean, what is she doing there? But to the point, ladies and gentlemen, we had some interruptions here. And the first of which was a guy that came down who looks. Like the twin of Kip Sabian from AEW, but from for WWE purposes, we just go call him Ty Pettigill. Ty Gill came down, talked about how he was the first husband of Lannis before Rusev, and he got a press slam for his troubles. Then we had the sister come down, and he had her playing the stereotypical angry black woman role, which, which I didn't like, but we just go call her Nisha for short. So Nisha came down, she talked about how she was the first wife of Bobby Lashley. And I gotta say, this was pretty funny because it got some Jerry, Jerry chants. And it was a show of Jerry Springer, for goodness sakes. But she got slapped off the apron for her troubles. And look, everything, if you look at my timeline, this was a harmless wedding. It was stupid. It was dumb. But it was nothing that truly offended me, nothing that truly got me mad. I was really joking around about everything until Liv Morgan came out. And as soon as she came out, I'm like, is that Lil' Morgan? And I'm like, of course it's Lil' Morgan. So I, I didn't even want to believe it at first. So I went and I went to Twitter and everybody's like, Lil' Morgan, Lil' Morgan, Lil' Morgan. I'm like, okay, it's her. So we have this cooked up thing to where Lil' Morgan talked about how she was Lana's love. And like, she's upset that she's getting married to Lashley. And then we have a big old fight between Liv and Lana and Lashley meanwhile Lashley is just in the background looking like oh I can't break up no girl fight so he's just trying to think about man how can I get them both that's what he's thinking about so all of this is going on and of course the wedding ends with Rusev tearing up everything Rusev and Liv stands tall and I gotta say I was ready to actually praise this wedding if I'm being totally honest with y'all, but Liv Morgan came out, and like we've had all of this build up for Liv Morgan, all of this build to where to what she was gonna do. And we she had all of this time off, and we had all of these expectations. And like I hear, like a lot of people would tell me, or a lot of people are saying, you know, let's let it play out. And you know what? I had to, I know I got talked down from the ledge to where I was saying, you know, okay, I'll let it play out, but they had so many options. You could have debuted Lil Morgan at the Royal Rumble. Or uh, a fan theory that kept running around. You could have li- debuted Liv Morgan with Bray Wyatt. Or you could have done something very big... At the very least, to set her apart from the rest of the roster. As it stands right now, you debut Liv Morgan into what is, my opinion, the worst storyline in WWE. And now, like, where is Liv Morgan supposed to go from there? Like, is she just gonna be another player in the storyline? Is this headed toward a mixed tag match? Like, I don't see big things for Liv Morgan coming out of this storyline. Whereas, if you would have debuted her like in the Royal Rumble, and who knows, have her win the whole doing thing, that would have been a huge deal. But that's just my point aside, that could have done a whole lot better for Liv Morgan. That really upset me. Like, at the right at the end, I put out a tweet or a post saying, is Liv Morgan ruined? And the options were yes and yes. Like, I've sort of been talked off that ledge a little bit, but I still stand on that point. I think she's ruined from the standpoint that she will never meet the expectations that we had for her. The huge uh, deals, the huge expectations that we I uh, dreamt of when she was out and when they had the debut videos going. Like, we thought that she would be a big deal in the women's division. I just don't see that for her I hope I'm wrong about that. I would like nothing more than to see Liv Morgan prosper in the women's division, but I don't have the highest of hopes. I will be tuning in to see how all of this crazy shenanigans plays out with this wedding, with Lashley, with Lana, with Rusev, and now with Liv Morgan. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we are staying with Monday Night Raw, Randy Orton. And I'm not going to be very long on this, but... Randy Orton, I quote-unquote, now we know, quote-unquote, got hurt at a house show, and they built up this angle to where Randy Orton came out on crutches, excuse me, he had the big speech, it's like Randy Orton is going to retire, and AJ Styles interrupts him, and of course Randy Orton fakes him out, and he hits an RKO, and he stands tall. So, here's my thing. I never really bought into fact into the fact like I said a lot of people posting, man Randy Orton really got us and I never really bought into it for whatever reason like okay it, it's, for me he tried too hard to make it out to be a big sympathetic speech that's just my opinion but at the end of the day here's the deal I think they blew a potentially big storyline with Randy Orton and AJ Styles you could have really played that up a lot more throughout the weeks of Randy Orton being injured and then have him come back and say that he's ready to go he's ready to fight aj styles but uh, as for the bigger picture randy orton versus aj styles potentially at wrestlemania i'm not really looking forward to that if that's what they stick with I'm not really looking forward to it because we've seen it already, and we've seen the story of Randy Orton and AJ Styles before. And I really thought that this was an opportunity to get both guys off into doing something else. We'll see how it goes going forward. But Randy Orton versus AJ Styles is not something I'm very much particularly interested in. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, sticking with Monday Night Raw. Samoa Joe is back, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens. Got into it with Seth Rollins and the AOP. And I don't know where some more Joe's music hits. And, you know, I thought that. Hey. For this Monday Night Raw, he was going to be selling the beating that he took on, the, on last week's Monday Night Raw, but Samoa Joe is back, and he's back in his wrestling gear, ladies and gentlemen, and the question I have is, who has the most momentum right now, is it Samoa Joe, or is it Kevin Owens, and I gotta say that, that is an incredibly tough uh, question to answer, and man, for right now... I'm gonna go with Samoa Joe believe it or not. Now Kevin Owens is more established right now. He's been in the ring. More. Samoa Joe has been out with that injury and KO has picked up a little bit of momentum here versus uh, squaring off excuse me with uh, Seth Rollins in the AOP. The crowd has been behind him but it's something about a debut that gets the fans buzzing. Something about a debut that a of a person that the fans really love and Samoa Joe is just downright a person that the fans extremely love including yours truly Uh, of this era he's one of my favorites and Samoa Joe coming back man I think that immediately upon his return he is a heavyweight championship player in that discussion uh, to face off with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, He has to be one of the top contenders that you look at and you're like, this is a match that I would want to see at WrestleMania. That is my opinion. So it's my opinion that Samoa Joe has more momentum. As we head into the road to WrestleMania, I KO is just fine as well. Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar is another match that I would love to see. But obviously, first, we got to settle what's going on with Joe KO, Seth Rollins, and the AOP. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this storyline plays out uh, as it stands right now. Samoa Joe to me has some more momentum and I'm very interested to see how that plays going into the Royal Rumble. These are two guys that should be toward the top of the list of guys that you would like to see win the Royal Rumble going forward. So, I'm very interested in those guys. We're going to move on here. We're going to move on to Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom, ladies and gentlemen. How about this? So... Jericho, Tanahashi said, excuse me, that he wanted a shot at the AEW Championship uh, if he defeated Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom, and next thing you notice, stipulation is on. If Tanahashi wins, he will get an AEW title shot, and this got a lot of people buzzing, ladies and gentlemen and a lot of people excited myself included you know the first thing a lot of people said was okay this is the partnership uh, with AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling that we've been waiting on and a lot of people are buzzing a lot of people are excited I think it's going to be a fantastic match well I don't think I know it's going to be a fantastic match at Wrestle Kingdom but here's the skinny here's the deal I, I think that this is all this is my personal opinion this is all for show. Sure. Now, we've had all these rumors that New Japan wanted nothing to do with AEW. Uh, AEW tried to get a working relationship going with them. New Japan wasn't having it. And now, all of a sudden, they want in? Like, to me, in my opinion, once again, I hope I'm wrong about this one. But, in my opinion, I think that this is all for show to drum up some interest into Wrestle Kingdom. Not that it needs... Uh, interest to be drummed up too because Russell Kingdom is going to be a fantastic show. But I think that New Japan is just using AEW's momentum here to get some viewers, some casual viewers, to Russell Kingdom and to New Japan Pro Wrestling World. That's just my opinion. I don't think a relationship is going to go down here. In my estimation, Chris Jericho is going to win this match. That's just my opinion on these things and. Uh, It's a total win for both companies, if if I'm wrong about it, but it's a total win for both companies if Chris Jericho wins as well. New Japan Pro Wrestling gets the eyes on their product, and AEW's world champion gets the win at New Japan uh, Wrestle Kingdom, excuse me. So, it's a win-win for both companies if Tanahashi wins. Uh, It will be a big deal. I don't know how many casual viewers that AEW could draw with a Jericho Tanahashi match. We talk about uh, in the States. I don't know how many people are privy to Hiroshi Tanahashi. I wouldn't say the vast majority are privy to him in New Japan Pro Wrestling. However, uh, there is nothing wrong with putting on good wrestling. So if you were to have... Chris Jericho versus Tanahashi on AEW programming. That would be a huge win and a tremendous match at the end of the day. And it would be another win-win for New Japan Pro Wrestling to get one of their guys on American television. And to get him out to a broader audience. And to have another fantastic match with Chris Jericho. It's just my opinion. It is just my opinion that this is all a ruse and Chris Jericho wins at Wrestle Kingdom. So moving on. To the final topic before we get into the breakdown of AEW, ah, the Elite, the Elite, the Elite. So, here's my deal, man, they picked up a victory on AEW, we'll get into that later, but I was thinking about this all week, and look, man, for AEW, the Elite can't be mediocre, the Elite can't be good. The elite have to be elite. So I look at, in particular, I'm talking about the Young Bucks and Omega, and I gotta say that during the AEW runs, particularly Omega, the run so far hasn't been all that great. And there's a reason behind that, and I see a lot of people tweet all the time, man, if WWE used Kenny Omega like this, what would people be saying? So, here's my deal, man. When the Young Bucks got the book as bookers of AEW, the first thing I said was, okay, yeah, I like it because they don't seem like the guys that would just uh, put the titles on themselves with reckless abandon and not care about what anybody thinks. But there's been a drawback to that. Uh, They are not those type of guys, but they've gone all the way into, at times, Debooking themselves as, you know, we're just a regular tag team and Kenny Omega is just a regular wrestler. You know, they don't want to have the perception that they're booking themselves and they're booking their their friends to get over. And it has actually hurt Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to a lesser extent. Kenny Omega was one of the hottest free agents, well, was the hottest free agent at the time when he was on the market. Ah, but he's come to AEW and the run like i said hasn't been great here's the deal you have to be you have to book kenny omega into being great and he, which means he's just gonna have to pick up a lot of wins like they they are gonna look it's it's dawned if you do darned if you don't Uh so they're gonna have to live with darned if you do kenny omega is gonna have to get a lot of wins And it hasn't been a bad run by any stretch of the imagination in AEW, but the elite are going to have to be elite. The Young Bucks, at some point, they're going to have to book themselves to be tag team champions. Doesn't have to be right now. Doesn't have to be an extremely long Triple H streak with the titles. but. They're going to have to book themselves to be champions because they are the best tag team of this decade, in my estimation. That's just my opinion. They're going to have to treat themselves as such. They're going to have to treat Kenny Omega as such going forward. So, the Elite are going to have to be Elite going forward. That's just my opinion. I hope that they, you know what, go down that road. I hope that they are Elite. We'll see how it all turns out going forward. For it. So, speaking of AEW, we're going to get into the AEW breakdown that we get into every week. So, no NXT this week, so I'm not going to break that down. They had some year-end awards, and we're going to stick with AEW tonight, or today, excuse me. So, first up, uh, before the show even started, I tweeted that, look, AEW, you, you got to bring it tonight. You you gotta bring it. NXT has a year-end awards show. And you have your show, main show going tonight. So you gotta bring the heat. And you know what? AEW did bring the heat. I'm proud to say that. They had a fantastic show last night. Started off with Cody versus Darby Allen. And I gotta say that the addition of Taz on commentary was tremendous. I, I would love to see him stay full-time, but that means somebody has to go. Maybe Tony Schiavone might be up out of there. I don't know. We'll see, but I'd love to see uh, Taz on there full-time. We had Cody versus Darby Allen to start off. It was a high-paced match to start off. The crowd, I was obviously into both guys. Uh, we had the enforcer double-A on Anderson. He's the head coach for Cody, and I got to say that to that standpoint, I like it, but I would much rather Owen Anderson be paired with someone who can't talk. Cody Rhodes has come a long way, and he's a tremendous at a promo. He doesn't really need somebody to talk for him, but uh, I'm with the Owen Anderson pairing for the most part. I just wish that it was with somebody else, but Cody versus Darby Allen was a fantastic match. Uh, a lot of near falls. We had Owen Anderson get up on the apron at the end of the match, didn't get involved, but. Gave Cody the heads up that the coffin drop was coming. And Cody would go on to pick up the victory. That was a fantastic way to open the show. And we rode right on to the four-way women's matchup for the title. And this was probably the best women's matchup in all of AEW. I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I say that. This was a fantastic matchup like it started very fast that is something i really like uh to which we haven't seen a lot from from the women's match they don't start really fast to kind of build their way up into the drama but this one started fast we had a brawl to start Uh, we had she does kendo stick to uh well she'd with her kendo stick get involved excuse me and we had nyla just ramshack poor rio and we were off to the races right then and there this was a fantastic spot a fantastic match excuse me Uh, the spot of the match was Nyla and Sheeta like Nyla just crushed poor Sheeta through the table and this was there was a lot of back and forth near falls multiple kickoffs and it got to a point to where I thought okay they're gonna put the title on Britt Baker here and I thought Britt Baker was gonna pick it up for the win but as it would turn out, Rio would come in and get the victory. I did not see that result coming, I must admit, but I'm okay with it. Rio retains the title. Ah, uh, and she will face off with Chris Statlander next week, if I'm not mistaken, for the championship. I am very much hoping that they put the title on Chris Statlander, but we'll see about that next week. As for what happened after the match, Nyla put Rio through the table and. We'll see what they do with Nyla. I thought that somebody would come out and make the save. Nobody did. But we'll see what they do with the Nyla going forward. And no. Oh, man, that was a very good women's matchup that I very much enjoyed. Rio retains the championship. So moving on, we had John Moxley versus Trent Beretta. The crowd was very much into John Moxley. His entrance and his entrance music is something to behold because he's. Comes through the crowd, much like he did with the shield. And I really like that. And the crowd was just lit for this matchup. And we had a lot of cool spots here. Ah, the chops that went back and forth with Moxley and Trent. Orange Cassidy coming into the ring, putting his hands in his pockets, and then uh, Moxley mocking him by putting his hands into his pockets. That was a great spot that the crowd loved. Obviously, toward the end of the match. We had the paradigm shift on the ramp, which is a sick paradigm shift on the ramp, on the elevated ramp, to which I love the elevated ramp. But at the end of the day, Moxley picks up the victory, had the paradigm shift in the ring for the one, two, three. He gets the win there. And before he can have time to celebrate, we had Sammy Guevara come down. He cut a promo and... The inner circle wants John Moxley to join them. And we had Jericho on the big screen offering him a half of the inner circle. He wants wants John Moxley to lead them with Chris Jericho. And he offered him a Ford GT as well. And John Moxley said, You know what? I need a week to think about this. What you need a week for? You got half of the inner circle and you got a Ford GT? Man, you better take that GT. Hey, that's just me. I wouldn't need a week to think about it. I'm in. John Machin is a bigger man than me than than if he he doesn't join. Hey, I would have took the deal. That's just me. But moving on, we had Dustin Rose versus Sammy Guevara. Crowd was very much into this one. Our spot of the match was the Canadian Destroyer. Old man Dustin Rhodes still doing a Canadian Destroyer on the apron. That looks sick, man. Uh, the first thing I tweeted was, okay, Sammy Gavaris dead. That, that's just my opinion on the thing. They just hit, had a Canadian Destroyer on the apron. Six spot. I like the match, but I did not like the ending. Uh, Jake Hager gets involved in the match. We had the ref distraction uh, finish. And Sammy Guevara picks up the victory. Like, I didn't like that. Like, had man, too many distractions, my opinion, uh, last night. But Sammy Guevara gets the win there. Moving on, we had an interaction with the private party and Hangman Page. And Page was taking drinks from the private party. They didn't like any of that. And I got to say that it was a strange interaction. Ah, uh, I would obviously like to see what goes on. From here on in, like I don't want to speculate, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Hangman Page. We'll see what happens with the private party uh, going forward. I like to see what happens. But we're going from that. We had the MJF promo, and this guy is just tremendous. Uh, he did a, cut a great promo on Cody Rhodes on the city of Jacksonville, did, did a great heel job there, but he wanted some stipulations before he would step into the ring with Cody. First, he said that Cody couldn't touch him like a kid. Said that Cody couldn't touch him. He also said that Cody had to face Ward Lowe in a steel cage. I'm actually looking forward to that match. That should be a very interesting matchup. I'm excited. And the strangest stipulation of them all. He said that he would whip Cody 10 times, Cody had to agree to that stipulation, now I was with MJF's promo, all the way until he said that, I'm going to whip him 10 times, and I'm like, Like, nah, I ain't feeling that one. just nah, 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 yeah, no, that's about the only thing about MJF's promo that I wasn't with, but overall, MJF versus Cody, I'm very much looking forward to it, they're going to get to it, Uh, it's been a good build, and I'm looking forward to the match, so, toward the end of the night, the main event, we had the six-way tag. Ah, the Elite versus the Lucha Brothers and Pac. This was a phenomenal match, man. I won't go for spot by spot, talking about each spot, because there were a lot of them. This was a fast-paced match, and... One of the better main events, probably the best. It's bordering it's in the competition for the best AEW main event, AEW Dynamite main event, excuse me, uh, since they've been on TNT. And just a phenomenal match. We had the build go further with pack and Kenny Omega. We had some phenomenal things with the Lucha Brothers. Phoenix is just a magician, man. Just tremendously done. At the end of the day, the Elite picks up the victory, and we had a pretty interesting post-match moment. Cody Rhodes comes down, and they're asking Hangman Page to get in the ring, and Hangman Page just. Sitting at the commentary table with his drink, like, nah, I'm good. So, I'm very much enjoying, like, at first, I did not want them to turn Hangman Page heel because the crowd absolutely loves that guy, and I'm like, man, why turn that guy heel? And, you know, it could be argued that the crowd is going to love him no matter what. You turn, you know, like in these days, you turn a guy heel, the crowd starts chanting and in love him even more. So we'll see from that aspect. But I'm loving the slow, bo- slow burn that they are taking toward this Adam uh, Page uh, heel turn. So it is very interesting. We'll see where they take off from after this. And... That was a tremendous, tremendous episode of Dynamite because the pace was just a great man. There was no there was never a point in the show to where you were thinking, okay, this is a down moment in the show. Tremendous show. I absolutely loved it. And I absolutely love this podcast episode because that is it for this episode of the two. So wait hey, wrestling podcast. Let me know all of your thoughts on Twitter at the number two sweets pod that's at two sweet pod and at omg corey